0: to the Board Game Community Show. I'm your host, Riley Stock. Join me as I get to know folks in this community. They could be designers or streamers, podcasters, YouTubers, Publishers, whatever. Really anything with an error at the end of its title is welcome here on the Board Game Community Show. Show, show. Welcome back to the Board Game Community Show. Today I am joined by the hosts of the uh, Brainwaves.
1: Yes, right. Giant brains—the
2: site where brainwaves is the cast. Perfect. <laughs> just, okay, just proves to be
1: confusing. <laughs> yeah, why not? Right. So we've it's got. I, I blame Ian
2: for all of this. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's, it's my idea for some excellent branding, or <laughs> some such.
0: Yeah, we've got the giant brain here behind the two different names: Noah, uh, <laughs> Ian <laughs> McAllister, and Jamie Adams. How you how you both doing?
2: Doing good. Thank you very much. Thanks very much for having us on. We don't all often right. get interviewed, so it's nice. All right. Nice, good. Yeah, thank you. It's really weird to be on the other side, isn't it? Yeah,
0: it
3: is. Often. Yeah, very weird.
2: <laughs> You're just like, uh, should I ask the questions or? <laughs> yeah, we'll turn it around halfway through. There'll be a switch. We'll start interviewing you. It'll all go horrible. Yeah.
1: <laughs> no, you say, you say that. Ian will be the one interviewing you. I'll still be making sarcastic comments from the side going,
0: oh, yes. Perfect. Yeah, that's what I appreciate. You Are you both over in Scotland? Yes. Yeah.
1: Okay. Although Uh, we're on different sides of the country.
0: Yeah, I'm in Dalkeith, just outside of Edinburgh. And And I'm in Glasgow. Did you know each other before the I mean, I assume, obviously. You didn't just be like, hey, somebody podcast with me and (laughs) and meet up that way. But how
1: long have you two known each other?
2: That's a good question.
1: I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm gonna say six years. It's either six or seven. Because we met when I was about right, yeah. I was studying in Edinburgh and there was a board game shop or cafe that I ended up frequenting and yep. I met Ian and we played some games together and then we didn't see much of each other for a while and then you kind of messaged us out of the blue going do you want to do a podcast together?
2: <laughs> hey I've got this idea <laughs> <laughs>
1: I mean, yeah, I, so, I mean I, I'd i yeah. done one, I'd done a, a podcast with uh, one of the previous hosts, a guy called Sam where it was slightly similar to Brainwaves in as much as we'd sit and just read the news at each other. Okay. But it, but it was nowhere near as, I guess we didn't have a, as much a structure. And I think it was half news and half, then we'd just kind of do what a lot of other board game podcasts do, which is, here's some games we've been playing, or here's a theme that we're going to try and riff on for about half an hour. So that yeah. was that was yeah. all right. We did about four or five episodes again. It, it, funnily enough, it just disappeared because it's very easy to podcast. It's very hard to podcast well.
2: <laughs> yeah, and then, like, so that was... When, would, when did we start? 2016? No. What, well, this? 2018, no, 2018 20, mate. 2018 was the first Brainwaves. Uh, and I'd had, like... I had sort of an inkling to do some podcasting at some point because I had the site and I was doing reviews and all the sort of written critical stuff. And then... I came into a lot of that money, and I got some podcasting equipment, including this mic here. And I had my, an inkling to do a podcast, but I knew I didn't want to do it alone. And I had this vague idea of um, doing a sort of satirical board game news show. I don't know if you're familiar, Riley, with a show over here called The Day-to-Day. Uh-uh. Uh, no. To be fair,
1: it was from the 90s. and It, it was, was from the pretty 90s obscure. and it's very odd no, <laughs> UK no, no, humour. No, to be fair, it's pretty obscure even by 90s television standards.
2: <laughs> yeah, that is true. <laughs> it's very influential, but it, it is a very obscure, weird little show. Is it it's very... Scottish specific? No, no, no it's, it's UK. Uh, it was
1: a guy called Chris Morris who did things like Brass Eye. He did a couple of films called Four Lions and... There's yeah, one more Four Lions remember. is excellent,
2: yeah. And oh, then uh, I actually did another one recently about.
1: uh, Can't remember what it was about, but I can't remember which one. But yeah,
2: camera. It'll come back to me at some point. But anyway, so uh, the original idea was to do something sort of satirical, and we tried that, and it turns out the writing humor and doing it well is extremely difficult, and we weren't very good at it. Imagine that, Ian. (laughs) Who knew? Uh, (laughs) uh, And then eventually, sort of settled on a sort of slightly weird format where. There were sort of skits, originally there were sort of skits and sort of like sort of pseudo adverts in the, in the show, uh, but we were mostly just covering the news fairly straight with some discussion uh-huh. and that kind of thing. I've had all sorts of features and things over the years and eventually to become what we are now, which is like just sort of a pretty straight news show. Mm-hmm. Uh, so covering like the news of the industry, important stuff, all sorts of controversies. We don't really cover like new releases and that kind of thing, unless they're interesting, unless there's something to say about them. Yeah. Um, from a sort of industry perspective. Uh, And also we do like some interviews and that kind of thing as well. We've had some specials interviewing people like uh, Project Nisei who revived Netrunner and um, the Dized app who do all the sort of tutorial app stuff. And uh, like we were talking just before we came on recently, Frank West from City of Games, who's a recent Gamma board member. And we talked about, you know, all the controversy surrounding that as well. Uh, That was really fascinating to hear about, you know, just, because they're
0: what, that was, very recent. And it was cool to kind of get that background uh, knowledge and and things that you don't think of as a non-gamma, you know, or somebody who doesn't know that much about gamma. And so it was just so many things I didn't even think about.
2: Yeah. It was sort of of a coincidence as well, because I'd arranged the interview like back in February, I think. Because I Uh I sort of tried to, one of my aims for this year was to interview more people uh, because I quite enjoy doing it. I do some written interviews on the site and we do um, like the audio interviews on stages, which are kind of live in our Discord where people get to ask questions and that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, I sort of tried to like organize myself a little bit better because we've kind of done them sporadically in the past. And I wanted to get like six or so out this year, like one every couple of months. So I'd like contacted people like Frank and various others to get get that lined up. And yeah, it was a bit of a coincidence that the camera <laughs> stuff happened to happen around about the same time as Frank being on. Coincidence uh, is
1: a marvelous thing.
0: It yeah. is. I'm usually on the, like, I'll record an episode and we'll talk about something. So one time I had a guest on and, and I don't drink and she didn't drink either. And we were talking about that and like, oh, sometimes there's like weird moments with people when they're like, well, why don't you drink? You know, saying something like that. and uh, And then just between the time that we recorded and the episode released, there was that bit of drama where uh, I won't drop names or anything, but, you know, somebody was like, I don't trust people who don't drink. They're trying to hide something.
2: (laughs) Yeah. A a famous game designer in inverted commas. Yeah. We covered that in the cast. I remember remember that and going, come on, man. Come on. (laughs) Yeah. I I, I like a drink. You know, like talking yeah. about the board game and like, uh, yeah, that, that's fine. But saying that about I'll put my Guinness <laughs> down. I know. I was like, Jamie's drinking
1: something right now. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I've got three glasses in front of me. I've got a pint of Guinness. I've got a cup of tea and I've got a bottle of water just in case I run out. And that's just because my mouth gets very dry during recordings. So I'm just trying to run the whole gamut. Yeah. The, hey, but no, no yeah, judgment I, I, here. That's great. I love it's it. Fair <laughs> it's fair enough. No, I've got, I've got a lot yeah. of friends who don't drink, either because they don't like the taste, they don't want to, or in one or two friends' cases, they're allergic to the alcohol. Yeah. Like, and there's nothing wrong with that. Just, you know, even sitting and having a, a lemonade or something with them in, in the pub.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm happy to go to bars, and I'll be the designated driver. You know, it's good to have that one designated driver. It's uh, Absolutely. And so, and even... Board game hot takes. I don't know if you've ever listened to them. They do a great a job. A couple times, yeah, yeah. And uh, Chris on there will do like uh, themed cocktails or themed drinks to the game. Yeah. And so I've gone to the liquor store for my game nights and like bought those and made a, a virgin version for myself. And yeah, you know everybody loves it. It's so I. For a non-drinker, like, I know how to mix a drink okay now. <laughs> Thanks to Chris, that, shout out. <laughs> that,
1: that is commitment, and that's brilliant. Yeah. Well, I just love that idea of a theme tonight. Yeah. So, it's making yeah. it, making the whole night, like, everything, what am I trying to say? Bringing everything together as, as one whole during the night. As you said, like, if it's food-related, if it's drink-related, alcoholic or otherwise, or yeah. and the game. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, I love tying that all together.
0: I haven't done food yet. Have you?
1: Not that I can think of.
2: Not really. I mean I, I have a local uh, group, so I've, I've met with friends of mine on Wednesdays for a long time. a <laughs> lot longer than I've known Jamie I anyway. know uh, so we have like a regular Wednesday meetup. Um, what part of that is virtual now because uh, just kind of happened over the course of the pandemic is that all our stuff is online and some of my friends have got kids, so it's more convenient for them to be able to like come and play this online. So I run some role-playing games online for them. But yeah, Wednesday, Wednesday nights, if we're here at my place, we're doing board games, then yeah, I'll cook and stuff. But I, I don't really theme them. It's not. It's an interesting idea. I've never actually gone that route. I'm not sure what you cook for like some of the games on my shelves. Yeah. What do, you, what, what, do you, what do you cook for root? I don't know. Uh, easy. <laughs> you cook root vegetables. Come on, Oh, there life. you go.
0: Okay. Fair, fair point. Yeah, fair point. I was thinking of going darker and being like rabbit?
1: Rabbit, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> rabbit. Oh, rabbit and and a nice, a nice like hen or like a, a duck or something like that.
0: Yeah. Do yeah. like some woodland creatures. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, yeah nice I like mushroom the vegetable. Soup. Yeah. Oh, yeah. there you go. Yeah, that's nice a good idea. Nice mushroom
2: soup. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I generally have to cook vegetarian because I mean, my wife's vegetarian, I'm not, but my wife's vegetarian, so she's always eating with us. So yeah, I, I generally cook like either two. Meals, or like i just one vegetarian meal, so nice, eat quite a lot of vegetarians. So, yeah, yeah, root vegetables. You eat a lot of
1: vegetarians, are.
2: they're delicious. <laughs> I mean, they come we're here, pre- we're hearing
1: all the news here, folks. Honestly,
2: they, they, they come pre stuffed with vegetables. I mean, you don't really <sighs> yeah. need to think about that kind of side of things. It's it's brilliant. I think that counts as being vegetarian if you yeah. only eat vegetarians, right? Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. that that's, sounds right to me. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, well, what got each of you let's i'll switch up where who starts first but so we'll start with ian on this one ian uh how did you get into board games
2: um many many minutes ago uh, i mean i mean my parents like had some board games in the house when i, when I was growing up um and my mum was a pen pal with someone in Ravensburger. um so you know where all the games are made pretty much or were at the time like but it was the it was like sort of the game hub of the world pretty much at the time and uh, so we'd go over there to, to Germany sometimes and pick up sort of Ravensburger games and that kind of thing, like um Sagaland, as it was called, or Enchanted Forest, as it's called now, um, uh, Gold Grabber, things like that. just sort of Ravensburger, sort of like quite Germany kind of titles. And that caught me, like, and of got me into more gaming. I picked up uh, I don't know if you're aware of the Fighting Fantasy books. Yeah. The sort of like choose your own adventure stuff, that kind of thing. That got me into the sort of role playing game side of things. I had Advanced Fighting Fantasy, which is still, hey, somewhere. Hey, right there. Hey. Uh, great great audio uh,
1: there, Ian, holding up a book.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah holding up a book. I'm, I'm great at podcasting, by the way.
1: For <laughs> listeners, yeah. Ian is holding up a book titled Black oh, it, uh, Black Sand, yeah.
2: <laughs> one, of the, nice. one of the expansion books to Advanced Fighting Fantasy. Uh, and that, that got me into role playing games. And then for a while, I didn't really do much. Uh, gaming when I, and then when I came to university in Edinburgh, I started role playing again and set up a little board game society in the university and got really got back into it. Around about the time, sort of Settlers of Catan was becoming a big thing, and the sort of like that, I think what we now recognise as the sort of modern board game renaissance was starting to happen, and that I started like picking games up like Lords of Vegas and things like that. Lords of Vegas, which is still part of my collection because it's great. Jamie doesn't like it. <laughs> I'm I'm a big fan. I think it's fantastic. I've been told but, yeah. I need to try that, and I—it's great. I just don't know. Yeah, it's real good. It's just hard to get your hands on, unfortunately,
1: because uh, there was a Kickstarter last
2: year for a new edition. I think um, I remember um, seeing
1: that. Was, yeah, yeah, it was for the ex- the expansion. They would, yeah, like, the expansion. expansion we bring it out after years.
2: But yeah, it's it's hard to get your actual hands on it. It's on like things like tabletop simulator and that kind of thing. Yeah. But, yeah. So yeah, and then I've been gaming pretty much ever since. Lots of role playing games, board games the giant brain originally started as a sort of board game design site for my own stuff. And I never really got anywhere with that. And then at some <laughs> point became a criticism site instead. <laughs> Yeah, it's because you didn't go anywhere with it, right? Yeah, you like, if you, you know keep things, you might as well criticize them instead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This isn't
0: going anywhere, and you know why? It's because everything else has a problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's all
2: everybody else's fault, not mine. I,
1: I was uh, shocked when I read some of your reviews, Ian. And all of them seem to link back to the one game that you've made all those years ago, Gloomhaven. Yeah. It's not as good as this game I made.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, the, the, this 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 new game that's out. Well, you know, I mean, you know what? It's better though. Absolutely. this game that i made all this years ago yeah. <laughs> what was the game you made
2: uh, it's a card game called revenge of the b movie which is still on drive through cards uh, oh. i haven't actually checked in recently whether i've actually made any money off it probably not um, <laughs> 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 it was it was a silly little thing like putting together like b movie titles and like rolling a dice to see if your film title sold it ridiculous oh, cool. thing anyway, it was fun it was it was one of the i can't remember the comp- what the company was called it was what, it was a game that i made through very early print on demand before print on demand became the massive thing it is now. Uh, so I was like printing in like sort of a hundred or so at a time through a US company whose name just escapes me now completely. Who don't exist anymore and a quite controversial leader. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> ah, I can't remember his name, Ken something. Uh, but yeah, so I was like ordering like sort of like small, very small run games and selling them at early UK games expos, actually, which has just been and gone over here. Yeah. Um, Did either of yeah, you go bought- to that? I know. Nah,
1: I could, okay. couldn't I, afford it this couldn't, year. Couldn't go this weekend.
2: That's yeah. okay. Next year, hopefully. Um, yeah. Be back next year. Back in force. Yeah. That is... Yeah. I was just envious.
1: <laughs> I wanted I to go too.
0: I just... I'm so... T- one of these years, I'm going to fly there just for that. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I mean, it's good. It's always been excellent, and it's always very family friendly as well. Like, it's a there's a yeah. good diverse range of people who go to UK games I suppose well. It's not just sort of hardcore hobbyists like ourselves. It's <laughs> there's loads of different people go, which is great.
0: Yeah, we have a convention kind of like that, SaltCon here. I went, oh. and we ended up running into like people that were kind of casual ish, and yeah. you know, but but it was fun. You see so many different people there. It's it's packed event, and but at ours, I, I'm sure at you. K games expo it's like crazy busy with like uh, exhibitors and stuff here there's like an exhibitor hall but everything else takes up way more space like yeah, yeah there's way more
1: room for playing than than exhibitors i mean i think i don't know how it's changed this year but i know there was at least two or three big convention exhibition halls um, that was the exhibitors And competition spaces because there was a lot of fantasy flight games that were doing competitions, a lot of other Uh games. Um, And where it is, is the NEC. I guess that's the National Exhibition Center or something like that. Yeah,
2: I think it's Birmingham.
1: It's next to a hotel. And that hotel is usually where all the role playing games go on and where all the open gaming goes on. Wow. So, like, the convention shuts at like what, like five or six, maybe? And open gaming goes on till midnight.
0: That is yeah. so cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. It's really and then good. you know that people are just going back to their rooms and playing, or, you know, going to the hotel lobby or whatever, playing yep. games until 6 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: But, but, I mean, the last time we were there in 2019, actually, even 2018 as well, which was my first time, uh, UK Games Expo happened at the same time as, now I don't know their official name, but basically they're the female branch of the Freemasons. They were in the hotel at the same time. So in the bar, you had this wonderful juxtaposition of gamers and lady masons with immaculate ball gowns and some of them wielding swords.
2: (laughs) Oh my goodness. Yeah, I can't remember what they're called, but yeah, it was amazing.
0: (laughs) That is, that sounds awesome. It almost would fit with like the, you know, the RPG folk and very, (laughs) you're like, oh, are they LARPing
1: here? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we Maybe weren't allowed were. to see. We, were, we weren't allowed to see any of their uh, their meetings for, for obvious reasons. Maybe right. they were. Yeah, <laughs> that's
2: <laughs> the obvious reason is that they yeah, were of just course. larping. Of just two hundred tables of D anD D in there. That's all it is. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> oh, that is incredible. Well, Jamie, what about you? How
1: did you get into board gaming? Um, I I mean, parents kind of got kind of different board games when I was wee. allotted Monopoly, the classic um i'm actually i'm trying to think uh played a lot of warhammer with uh some friends from well, primary school i guess uh, elementary school uh so that was me for quite a few years and then i can't remember what got me into role-playing game role-playing games war, war games then role-playing games and i think it was just talking to friends who'd met other people through games workshop and were doing role-playing games and eventually i started role-playing with some friends did that got other friends into role-playing games as usual, the contagion spreads. And then I saw an article on BuzzFeed of like, these are the seven games that you might be interested in this year. And the two of them I remember, Takedo and King of Tokyo. Um, and I bought I didn't buy Takedo at that point. I bought King of Tokyo basically on that recommendation and thought, oh, this is interesting. Let's let's it seems interesting. Let's see how it goes. And that's the kind of beginning of the the Slippery Slope. I kept love getting it. A cup, kept getting a couple more games. Moved to Edinburgh. Uh, met Ian at this board game cafe and met a couple more friends. Bought a lot more games. Student loans are amazing for that. Uh, <laughs> True. Yeah. All yeah. Shit. Came back to Came back to Glasgow when my uni finished. Um, haven't had a lot of people to play board games with. And then COVID. <laughs> yeah, that's the nice thing about the rise of
0: solo games, right? Yeah. I think COVID drove that up even more, which I personally, I love, but I don't love the COVID part, but it would be nice to be playing with people.
1: It's nice to have the option to play solo though. It's it's an interesting side effect, I suppose, of it. Yeah. That and that and the amount of, well, print on demand and print and play versions that companies have put out, like Asmodee bringing out, I think it was Ticket to Ride, like in your house. And they had like a mm, map yeah. that was like, the bedroom, you know, your parents' bedroom, dad smelly socks at the laundry. And oh, thank goodness. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, also solo games and also digital platforms, you know, Tabletop Simulator doing so brilliantly, but also other games, uh, platforms going, okay, we need to step up. Yeah, so yeah. You know, so, yeah. So Tabletop Simulator, Board, board game, game Arena, and yeah. Tabletopia. That's the kind of three that I can immediately think of that are the, the mm-hmm. ones.
0: Right, the holy trinity there, right. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Um yeah, I love board game arena. Like I was kind of yeah, hesitant great. about doing it, but man, get to try so many games and you can even just go into it without reading the rules at all and it'll it'll kind of guide you through it to some extent and
1: you may have no idea what happened in the game but you played it. Yeah. You, yeah. You finished it's, the game. It's I Yeah, as opposed to just a physics simulator like Tabletop Simulator, which is great to have such support. You know, so many games, that's brilliant. But having the rules actually in the code for Board Game Renate is so much easier. And it means that, you know, as you said, you can just play a game and you go, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm going to keep clicking this. How did I win?
2: Yeah, (laughs) I've I've been using it to try out some games I wouldn't normally, which is great. Like a sort of Euro more sort of Euro-focused, worker replacement y kind of stuff, big uh, sort of economic games. Yeah, because you, you been, were playing... It's been great to, it's been great you were to, playing to sort of press buttons re- on those and figure out how it to was play them.
1: Great Western Trail and yeah. A Feast for Odin, wasn't it, that you t- you played?
2: Love Feast for Odin. Really loved Feast for Odin. So and good. You, have, do you, have you only played it on BGA? Oh, I've, only, I've only played on BGA. I'm oh, wow. thinking about picking up a copy. It's not the sort of thing I'd usually seek out. I um, <laughs> wasn't a big fan of Agricola, uh, but yeah, I really enjoyed Feast Road. Really good fun. I tried Great Western Trail on there, and I played it, and I have
0: no idea what I, like, you know, I, no idea what I did. I I have no idea how
2: that game works. And I even tried to read the rules, but it didn't click for me. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've played it once on there, and now it's released, and I came very, very last, <laughs> and I'm not quite sure why or how. I was <laughs> just, yeah. just pressing buttons going, I don't know, I sell cows now, or what? <laughs> I just, yeah,
1: yeah I'm, exactly. I'm, I'll be you honest, I, I, I know that it's got such a great press and everyone talks really warmly about it. And you shouldn't judge a book by its cover. And yet I look at it and go, this just doesn't interest me. I mean, <laughs> I mean the, the original
2: cover was hilarious. It the was great, pretty awful. With the three I mean, guys.
1: Yeah. I mean, if you look at my shelves, there's probably stuff that both of you would go, what? why does he have that? That's rubbish. And I'm like, well, you know.
0: Great well, Western actually, Trail. Uh, this over Great Western Trail. How dare you? I watched the third Back to the Future, and I was like, you know what? This needs more of selling cows. Selling cows. Yep. So it's the reason it's the worst one. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> oh, controversial. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hot takes over here. Um uh- <laughs> <laughs> So what about it's? Uh, – we're kind of already diving into that. Like, what type of games you like? It sounds like, Ian, you're not into Euro. Are you – yeah, let's just dive into that. Uh,
2: yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm mostly – like, I, I, I like games to tell story. So I really, really appreciate when games like – there's like an emergent narrative in the game and there's like a little story going on. I really like that kind of thing. And Euro, like sort of the more sort of German-style design tends – to be more about the puzzle and, the, and sort of the the working out how to sort of manipulate the systems in the, in the game. Sometimes there's a bit of a theme there. And that, I think that's one of the reasons I like Feast Road. I could sort of see a little story kind of thing, a little emergent narrative of my little Vikings, even though it's essentially you're fitting polyonomos on a board for most of the game. Uh, I can get a sense of what's going on sort of thematically, which is nice. And yeah, if you looked at my collection, it's mostly sort of quite sort of heavy thematic-y kind of things, what would have been called a Merry Trash by some folk. Yeah. Uh, I don't particularly like the term, because I think it's a little derogatory. Um, but yeah, sort of like the so sort of like, like I've got like sort of Civilization, New Dawn here, Root, Oath. Uh picked up Libertalia recently, the new one from Stillmare Games, which is real good. Um, yeah, But I've been getting into more of the Euro-style things through things like Board Game Arena. I wrote about this recently on the site, actually, about it allowing me to try out those things without having to invest the time to and money to like buy those games and then try them out. My my Wednesday group generally doesn't like that kind of gaming very much. So I don't generally buy them because I'm, I'm pretty much the main games buyer for our group. So if we're trying games, it's probably something in my collection or something I've got for review. Yeah. Um, Makes so sense. yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't buy those things because they're just not going to get to the table. I've been occasionally sent them for review and I've always warned people like, I'm not a great fan of these. If you want to send me it, that's great. But <laughs> be warned that i'm not the biggest fan of them but yeah being, be, aware, of, be,
1: being aware of your prejudices going in or not yeah, pre- prejudices absolutely. not prejudices biases yeah, yeah your, pre- your preferences and it, it it's one of those things
2: that comes up every now and again in games reviewing is that the idea that you can be impartial is kind of rubbish and just absolutely <laughs> nonsense because you can't, you, you've got your own preferences, of course you do, and uh, yeah. to an extent, critics will self-select games a bit, and publishers will select critics they think will give them a warmer reviews. Of course they will. Um, so yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely more th- thematic led. I like I like a game that tells a story. So even, like things like Seven Wonders Duel, that sort of stuff, I've got in my collection. The, the little narrative of like your civilization is great in that <laughs> tiny package. I really like I really like a small box games that do something really well and really specific. Yeah, like, great. Right? I could go on and on about my collection, <laughs> why it is the latest. No. All right, but so the
0: next 20 minutes will be you just yeah. reading
2: through your collection. Yeah, yeah. so I've got and Civilization I- New Dawn up here, right?
1: So that's... <laughs> right, and so, so if we do that, should we do like one, like a couple of lines about every game? Yes. <laughs> and to be fair, some of those games I'll be like, eh, played it, it's fine. But I played yeah. a lot of them online and I didn't know what I was doing. And Ian stomped me and I went, fair enough. That yep. was a game yep that that, that was, was indeed
0: technically... a game
1: yep <laughs> well what about you jamie i think it's a bit easier right now off the top of my head to say the 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 mechanics that i really am not a fan of and that's deck building and uh living card games or collectible card games deck builders i i'm just looking to the left where i've got all my arkham horror lcg here i know i know <laughs> this is this, this, like this so is... much it's a bone of contention between the pair of us, but it's also good because I, I'm not a fan of it. Ian loves it, so we can approach it from two approach things like that from two different angles. Right? I just I understand that there's the that brain of seeing combinations and and how you start your deck, and I look at it and go, I've got no idea what I'm doing. This card looks cool. That seems all right. I and living card games and LCGs and CCGs is mainly because I. I say this looking at the games I have. That, that's a that's a lot of money to sink into it. That's a lot of money to sink into that's it for, for maybe one card out of a pack of, say, 20 that you might or might not use. I, mean, I feel that. Yeah. yeah. But
0: I do. I have, like, all of Marvel Champions, and some of them I'm just like, do I want that character? No. But they have this one card in there that's, it's pretty awesome. I guess I'll pay 15 bucks for that one card.
1: Cla- classic <laughs> Fantasy Flight. I mean, that was the same with X-Wing. Yes. I mean, I played a lot of Star Trek Attack Wing, which was like that except Star Trek and some things were better, some things were worse. And it was, you know, you'd buy ships, you'd get promo ships that were... You'd spend 30 or 40 quid on them and it would be, there's one card. Yeah. And then a yep. couple of couple of things. Yeah. And um, Sam, previous host, is uh, also now a big fan of Marvel Champions and he was saying that as well. He was going oh, I've got, like, two heroes in a pack, I think it is. And he was like, one I absolutely want, and one, I don't want them. <laughs> <laughs> but you'll just end up with the cards, because that's the game. That's the that's how they sell you. That's how they get you. Yeah, yeah.
0: Oh, absolutely. Somewhat predatory. I don't think as predatory as, as Come On, but...
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, if, if you're going to go for predatory companies...
2: Oof. I have opinions on those. <laughs> Let
1: me put it this way: there's a lot that gets edited out of the podcast, which is usually the pair of us just seething.
2: Oh yeah. We try well, and keep the cast clean, and there's occasional moments where
1: we just have to rant at each other about a particular thing, and, that then, makes I have sense.
2: To, and then I have to remove it later. Yeah, yeah, usually, that usually
1: out. either just after, or I think usually Ian goes just after, and I'm just before. It's like, right, this isn't going in, but <laughs> which is very helpful to the editor, which is also me. Yeah, that is really nice. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but yeah, I mean, that's those are the ones. Those are back to those uh, mechanics that I'm not a huge fan of. I have, but there would be some that I've gone, okay, I kind of get it. And debt builders, I think the ones that I, I don't hate. I'm just like, mm, maybe not. You know, it's not something that I'd immediately go. I want to play that. Right. But there's there's a there's a. I'm just looking at kind of going. What are the various mechanics and going. They're very different ones. Doesn't mean I'm going to agree with every single worker placement game or, you know, slightly more abstract strategies.
0: Yeah. Do you find yourself gravitating towards euros
1: at all, or, or are you pretty every? <sighs> I, I have quite a few worker. I have quite a few worker placement games. Um, I guess in some ways I enjoy a bit of that, but also I don't enjoy the fact that. I don't see those combos and I can just be beaten by someone who was just able to see it and be a lot more efficient, but that's my fault. You know okay. what I mean? That's, that's that's on me. Fair enough. Well,
0: rolling right back into you. Let's do a favorite game. This is the hardest question on the
1: podcast. Oh, why? Oh, why? right. <laughs> okay. Okay. I currently, I currently have two or like okay. it's a, it's a, it's a joint. Um, this may change depending on how I'm feeling, what I've been playing recently. Uh, one of them is Jamaica from a whole host of designers and I can't remember who recently put it out but I love Jamaica I love the artwork for it um, issues with it being you know predominantly white unfortunately um, but I think the artwork for the island is glorious the artwork for the cards are glorious the game itself is wonderfully simple or simplistic but the the inbuilt the innate strategy in that, is is great to behold, and just watching people go. Okay, let's play this. Oh, and you just the glee in people's eyes as they start attacking each other and stealing whole, <laughs> like you know, whole loads of treasure. And you look over, and someone's got nothing but coins, and someone has nothing but gunpowder. And you're like, okay, I see where this is going. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna take this little route to be a little, be a little delicate. Um, <laughs> the other game is K two from. Was Rebel. I think it is still Rebel. At least own Rebel now. And it's a race game, but it's not a race game. And the wonderful balance of getting as fast as you can up that mountain and get the most points, but also you've got to keep you guys alive. And then when you're at certain points of the mountain where only, say, two climbers can be there and both your climbers are there, you're blocking friends or one of your friends moves their climber to block you and you're like... Oh, I love it. I really, I really love it. I really love both of them. So you, it sounds like you love those mean moments in games. Now that might, <laughs> I know exactly. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> I do. I do. And I don't like, I love this, the feelings that the games can evoke in people. And unfortunately, sometimes that is mean things. Okay. Is is that that a reasonable, is that fair enough? I'm like, (laughs) I don't like the mean moments, but I know that they happen.
0: Well, and I do think, you know, if there's the understanding amongst the table that there are going to be these clever moments, these clever, like, plans you've laid out that will come to fruition, maybe, if everything, if the stars align, (laughs) and and everyone can appreciate that, whether they're on the right or wrong side of it. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, I, I get that uh well what about you ian top or favorite game Mm, um, you get longer you got more time to think about it
2: yeah i got more time to think about it which i think is a blessing and a curse at the same uh, same time i think but the the game that's hit my table the most probably is lords of vegas Uh, i've had that since the early days of like getting into the sort of modern modern version of the hobby or what we consider it now um i just love that game it's it's really i love a good push your luck mechanic and Lords of Vegas is basically all push your luck mechanics from top to bottom. Fantastic game. You got an opportunity to be really mean negotiate around the table. Just a fantastic thing. It's it's very pretty simple to teach. It's pretty pretty straightforward to teach with a lot of sort of emergent nastiness in there. Um yeah, I lo- I just love Lords of Vegas. It's it's a shame it's not as available as it once was. Uh, it'd be nice to see it a bit more available out there cuz I think it's just a great great piece of design. It could do with a bit of an update, maybe? Like, the, the the Kickstarters recently didn't really update anything about it, its look. So it look, could know, maybe do with a bit of a lick of paint. I
1: paint. I know I don't like it, so, you know, feel free to disregard <laughs> this. But I think the visuals are quite nice. I think they are a little dated. Yeah. Now, that's not to say every game needs, you know, a, a, a spit and polish, but I think Lords of Vegas, because, because it's Vegas, and again, at times Vegas does look a little dated, but... That that spit and polish might just work.
2: Yeah, I was I was hoping they were going to give, sort of give it a good sort of fresh like paint. I I like the suburbia release or something like mm. that. Like really sort of go in there, but they, it was just the expansion and some extra bits and pieces. I think you could get it in a briefcase or something. You know, <laughs> <laughs> really stepping it
0: up. Yeah. <laughs> well,
2: that's yeah. I've looked at the game, and
0: that's what I'm. I'm so shallow that uh, you know, I look at it and I'm like, it just looks kinda old. It does. Looks old.
2: That, that it's hard to disagree with that. It does. Yeah, it looks about it gets it's got a certain look to it this we sort of associate with that early sort of board game renaissance periods where Yeah. But we hadn't got like the Eono tools, those people didn't exist yet, like that real consideration for graphic design. Yeah. It does I will, look a bit dead. I will
1: say though, on on Going back very briefly to me, going, uh, never judge a book by its cover. Was I played years ago the game Las Vegas by Rudiger Dorn. That's mm-hmm. two thing. And I saw the box art and I went, oh, I don't like the look of this. It looks kind of cheesy, looks kind of rubbish. And I played it once and I went, I need to buy this because I really love that dice rolling. Yeah, it's really uh, like push, like I guess it is a push your luck sort of mm. element of. Yeah, and Vegas doesn't really interest me as a as a theme, or a, but but I, I really enjoyed that, and I went okay. I've learned my lesson. I looked past it. I couldn't get that one, so I had to get like a slick one that's actually in like a cube, like a dice shaped container.
0: Oh, I mean that sounds fun.
1: Yeah, I mean it's it's the same game. It's great. Yeah,
2: yeah. Did it not get a new edition recently as well? Like a big yeah, like, I think it got like, like a. Something?
1: I don't know if it was like Royale, but a special edition because it was that and Castles of Burgundy and someone else.
0: Castles of Burgundy definitely needed, you know, third time's the charm, I guess. I
1: don't know. I mean, Yeah, I'm not sure about that edition, though. It's so expensive. (laughs) Yeah, same with Castles Uh, of Mad King Ludwig. I love Castles of Mad King Ludwig. It's one of my partner's favorite games. Um, I, I just, yeah, I think it's really great. But that recent special edition that they kind of did on Kickstarter where it's like several hundred pounds for it. And I'm like, that's great. (laughs) But, but, and if you want it, go go ahead, but you know, it it does look a little, a little flat, but. But I
0: I mean, the Castles of Burgundy one, I was thinking that I was like, that's kind of pricey. I don't know. But then you have like 11 expansions with it. True. Dual layer board for some reason, a quadruple layer board, which I think is completely unnecessary, you know, but there's, there's all I seen that That's success. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, it, it, but it's it's nice to have those touch ups. I would love to yeah. see other games remaster, right? That's a
2: big thing in video games, is like, yeah. yeah, for sure. Constantly remastering old games. Why
0: aren't we doing that more,
2: maybe? I mean, you've got, I guess you've got companies like Restoration Games kind of doing oh, that yes. stuff, haven't you? Like going back to sort of old tiles and properly reimagining them or whatever, however you want to put that for yeah. a modern oh. audience. Yeah.
1: You've just reminded me. I saw an original um, Dark Tower advert recently on on YouTube, and it was done by Orson Welles. Oh, that man! Oh, that <laughs> man! A... Oh my! What I I need to see this? It's it's great. I will I will find it and I'll link it after the um after we've been chatting. But it's okay. just it's that it's that part of Orson Welles' life where he was just doing adverts for everything because he needed the money. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Hey. Yeah, you got it, yeah. right? <laughs> yep, yep. Oh, that's awesome. Uh,
0: well, what about outside of board gaming? What do you two do?
2: Uh, job-wise or entertainment-wise? Or All both? of it.
0: <laughs> yeah, both. Go for it. Go <laughs> sure. crazy.
2: Whatever you want to share. Sure. Well, I, I run a bike shop in Edinburgh. Um, I cycle oh. quite a bit, uh, mostly commuting. Um, and sort of main hobbies outside of the sort of board gaming uh, well, I, I play, I do a bunch of role playing as well, sort of like tabletop RPGs. So do a bunch of that. Uh, also, bouldering has been quite a big thing in my life in the last sort of few years. Uh, I'm not doing it right now because I've got a rotator cuff in- injury. So uh, hopefully back to it next Thursday. Got, got another physio appointment. Uh, other than that, I, I support my wife sometimes when she's doing uh, running. She does ultra marathons, so uh, help her out with some of that stuff from time to time. Ultra marathons Okay, you basically longer than a normal marathon by uh, about a good sort of five miles, oh, wow. uh, and they can Ooh. go they can go really long. Like the most recent one she did was called the um, Seven Sisters, and that was in Ireland. That was a fifty five k race uh, with four thousand meters of elevation. Oh yeah. wow! <laughs> I couldn't I'll swear on that. Because I, I was I, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I keep trying to persuade her that like staying at home and like having a beer and playing a board game is a much better use of time, but <laughs> apparently not. Uh, I so think, she I think yeah, a she, little bit of both. I think a little bit of both sounds good. <laughs> yeah, a little yeah. bit of yeah. running, but not that much. But yeah, she's, she she does that quite a lot. So occasionally go out and support her on those. Couldn't do that one because I was staying at home with uh, our our dogs to look after them, uh, so she can go out and do that kind of thing. Uh, yeah, at that's me. Um, yeah, our bouldering, cycling. Working. <laughs> Does your wife uh, pl- like to play board games with you, though? She's not as much of a gamer as I am by any means. Uh, I've got a couple of things. Like, uh, I-, I picked up like Seven Wonders Jewel during lockdown to try with her, and she quite likes that. Patchworks, yes. uh, one we really like. Spirit Island, actually, uh, which is a pretty oh. complicated co-op. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you've played it, Riley, but it's oh, yeah. it's fantastic. I love Spirit Island. It's my number so, one game.
1: Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, there we be, go. Uh,
2: Feather and Flame yesterday. I haven't new picked board. up any of the expansions yet, but I'm really oh, tempted. I'm really they're tempted. Good. They're on my want list. Yeah, because I, I reviewed the core box. I, I, I was given the core box by Greater Than Games, which is very nice one. And oh. I was just blow, blown away by how how much is in that box. How, there's just so much good content in that box for a very reasonable price. And the game's fantastic.
1: Yeah. Just so I've only played it with you and a couple of others on on a tabletop simulator, but I, I did really enjoy it. Yeah. I did. And yeah, I, I was very impressed. I, I, just, and the
2: design of it as well. Like I love that the, the the Whitey is all little plastic miniatures and the locals are all the little wooden stuff. And there's some really, there's some really lovely designs for it. It's just great. I love it. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we, we play games together occasionally. Everdell has been a good one recently. She's like that. Oh, cool. Nice. I picked that up recently. And that just, what a beautiful game Everdell is. So nice. <laughs> I love that. Um, is
0: is is Scotland... I imagine Scotland's a great place for bouldering.
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't do it outside so much. Oh, really? Uh, I mostly uh, uh, I mostly do it inside. Um, there's a g- really great climbing wall near me, uh, about oh, a okay. 20-minute t- drive away. Uh, so I haven't really actually climbed outside at all. C- came to it quite late in life. Like, I picked up just... So it must be 2019. It was just pre-pandemic. Uh, and then everything got shut down, of course. So... Um, yeah, the climbing wall's shut for a while, and then we've been back to it as things started to open up again over here. Uh, I've been offered to take, been take climbing a couple of times outside, which I'll probably take someone up on at some point, give it a try. I'm very not a different. Great, uh, yeah, yeah, not a great fan of heights. So, <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: the 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 bouldering wall's just about high enough for me. I'm like, this is fine. Got a, uh, got a but, face, got a face at Ian. I'm not a fan of heights, but been doing top rope climbing for a, a while. I just look yeah. down and go, Oh, ho, ho, I'll just hold on to the rope as I slowly go <laughs> yeah. down. Yeah, i go down.
2: <laughs> I have our a mutual, hard time with the
0: rappelling. It's
2: yeah, yeah. Our mutual friend Scott's offered to take me uh top rope climbing a couple
1: oh, of times. Oh, go do yeah. it. Yeah, go so do it, yeah.
2: Uh, may, maybe get around to that at some point. It's Scott fun. knows
1: what he's doing, Scott, Scott's, Scott's a good guy.
2: Yeah, I like
1: both, but I prefer
0: bouldering too. I like the like. It's just like playing a board game where you get those clever moments of like,
2: yeah, mm, yeah, how absolutely. do I do
0: this?
1: Yeah, See, I wrote a little. I a little I started piece of learning about that.
2: Yeah, yeah. I'd started
1: uh, when I was we doing climbing, and I did top rope climbing pretty much exclusively. Mm-hmm. So I came to bouldering quite late, um, and I enjoy that kind of short burst. And I I get what you mean about that, that short kind of strategy, kind of puzzle element. But I'm just like yeah but i want to be up high i want to be I want to be <laughs> climbing over all these things on a, on a rope and yeah lead climbing though i'm still absolutely meant it.
2: I, I should i should take you to the bouldering wall near me jimmy sometime sometime when you're over so you see how you get on with it <laughs> do one, it. One, one of the nice things about the, the folks that do i say they're called eden rock and they've got a very good range of climbs so like from like really easy beginner climbs right up to like pretty hard sort of competition stuff Uh, and they're really good at like making all that stuff interesting no matter what level you are nice yeah they're really really good and really friendly folks really nice you know (laughs) as i think about it indoor
0: for bouldering is probably pretty nice because well at least for me i went bouldering outdoors once or twice and it's like you have to drive a little while go to a place and there's like only so much you can do, but in indoors they've got like a whole entire mm-hmm. yeah. room of it where you've got great variety and
1: access yeah. quickly. Yeah, and that's actually- You don't need to worry about the weather when you're indoor bouldering because yeah. you know what's the cliche about Scotland is that it rains all the time. Now these past two weeks we've had some absolutely glorious sunshine, which has probably been a gift of boulderers, but this is a very yeah. rare occurrence. So a lot yeah. of the time you're just like, oh, slimy hands.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, so, what about you, Jamie? Outside of board uh, gaming, outside of board gaming, I went to Union College and trained as an actor, uh, which has been very helpful in a number of things, especially tabletop role playing. And I currently work at an after-school club for children aged four to twelve, basically the first oh. kind of seven years of of our elementary school, primary school. After school for 3 hours they come to us. We give them a snack. We then just look after them until they get picked up. It's great.
0: Nice. Yeah. yeah. My wife is a
1: teacher so I, nice. yeah,
0: they have after cool. school yeah.
1: programs yep. like that and yep. yeah. So that's awesome. Oh yeah. My partner's a teacher as well. <laughs> oh nice. <laughs> My parents are teachers.
0: Hey. Hey. <laughs> All right, well, are teachers. Here. Retired
1: now we're but geez, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. But, uh, but yeah, and outside of that, uh, a little bit of cycling. I used to do uh, taekwondo, and what else do I do? <laughs> uh, Such a hard question in a pandemic. Yeah, yeah, I I do a, a I've been doing a bit of script writing recently, but that's you know that's been something to pass the time and keep me uh, keep me on the straight and narrow while predominantly during lockdown.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's a good exercise to do. I, I yeah. get
1: that. That's cool. Yeah.
0: Do, what kind of stuff do you like uh, to gravitate towards when you're script writing or acting and all that?
1: Uh, I've Most of my experience has been on the stage, so a lot of theater. Um, I would love to do some more short films or TV. Uh, slightly unusual, kind of maybe slightly farcical stuff I really enjoy reading and seeing. and uh, Yeah, I... Kind of writing, kind of something, slightly, things slightly strange. Yeah, because I think we've had all had a horrible dose of reality, so a little bit of <laughs> outside reality for a little bit.
0: Yeah, I dig that. You both brought up role playing.
1: Mm-hmm. So, have, do you play together?
2: We have done. Yep.
1: Yeah. Uh, I've run. Ian, Ian's some... run a couple of games for me, and yep. I've run one game for Ian.
2: Yep. I, I'm, I'm a big fan of a designer called John Harper who wrote a book called Blades in the Dark, which oh, is basically yeah. um, like the thief computer game, that kind of thing. It's, it's sort of set in sort of a sort of like diesel punky kind of city that you can't escape. And effectively you're criminals straight up. You're just criminals trying to do crime. Good. And <laughs> you can't escape the city that you're in. So you have to deal with any of the consequences of your actions. And it's absolutely fantastic. If you ever get a chance to play Blades in the Dark, do nice. it's just great.
0: It's the only. No, I've got two RPGs on my wish list, but that's one of them that's on my wish list right now.
1: What's What's the other?
0: Call of Cthulhu.
1: Of course. Yeah. Oh yeah.
0: yeah,
2: yeah. I would. I would I've love never to. played or run Call of Cthulhu. It's one of those sort of like gaps in my
1: RPG yeah. knowledge. I have the books, but I gave them to a friend like just before lockdown. Um, I trust him though, so. <laughs> They're probably still there. They're probably still. Yep. That's fine. He's, he's he's an all right guy. I I, I trust him. He's not going to you know destroy them or, or throw them away. So that's. I, that's I just backed right.
2: uh, Brindlewood Bay on Kickstarter, which oh. is old ladies solving cult style problems in a uh, with a sort of Cthulhu esque kind of undertone, in a sort of like Agatha Christie murder she wrote kind of oh thing. I'm, I'm here for that. Sounds kind of interesting. Yeah, it sounds kind of interesting.
0: Yeah, this is fascinating. I'm, I'm
2: yeah, yeah, there, there, uh, there, yeah. There's a big world of like really cool indie RPGs out there. Uh,
1: yeah, I'm, I'm I'm trying to run a, uh, with a group of friends over here who I got into. I don't want to sound self important, but it was like it's like one Christmas I got them all like a set of polyhedral dice each, and went right next year we're doing some role playing, and <laughs> the next year I did it, and they, I, I mean they've, they've. They've taken it and utterly run with it. Nice. Um, but I'm hoping to run a couple of one-page RPGs from a guy called Grant Howitt, especially Crash Pandas, which is a one-page RPG where you're all raccoons infiltrating the street racing circuit. Oh, and when it goodness. comes to the race, uh, what you do in your car is decided by, like, a blind auction or, like, a like a secret, like, bid. So it could be that all of you decide to turn left, and the car just veers left and smashes into a wall. I just like the idea of that that chaos and how they work together.
2: So, a robo um, rally prog- programming in an RPG, sort
1: of, yeah. Cool,
2: like it. I've got i i i was unpacking a bag, Catherine's bags, this this race, and uh, in one of the bags was Jason Statham's big vacation. <laughs> Which is another one-page RPG from these folks, Grant Howitt. Um,
1: Rowan, Rook, and Deckard.
2: Uh, R- Rowan, Rook, and Deckard is the company name. And basically, the idea is that you are all assistants to Mr. Statham, and you have to make sure that he has a lovely vacation. And uh, Wesley Snipes is the Wesley Sniper who tries to ruin Jason Statham's vacation. Oh, so you have to make man. sure that Jason Statham has a lovely time. <laughs> Expanded by Brian Cranston's big expansion. Of course. <laughs> oh, my goodness. What's yeah. that, ad? Uh, all action. sorts of ta- right, all yeah. sorts of tables. It's mostly tables of like um, um, random things that can happen to Jason Statham that he won't like, <laughs> uh, and a bunch of new classes you can play and things like. That. It's just two A4. Pi- it's like a double-sided A4 bit sheet. Nice. Yeah, there's all sorts of things. There's there's one he did which was like being nice Marines, so yes, like being nice 40k Marines. style Space Marines, but you're really nice. It's, you're not it's, like no, it's, you're not horrible.
1: So- so i've I've got this one um saved on my computer it's i love it it's you've basically freed this planet but the intergalactic government inspectors are coming in like a month you are space marines you you're amazing at at war and all that thing but now you've got to like redo the populace and make sure they're happy and make it look nice so it's got to be things like how do you deal with deforestation or let's do some gardening inspirational speeches and there's lots of complications and it's like you automatically succeed at anything to do with military anything else however <laughs>
0: yeah that's the challenge that's awesome yeah. oh so, man
1: yeah. i mean i'm i'm not running any games right now um but i'm playing in two coincidentally two warhammer based ones one which is warhammer fantasy roleplay uh which it's it's warhammer fantasy so it's all ridiculous and i'm surprised i haven't died numerous times because yeah my dwarf just does not get along with many people <laughs> and then playing dark heresy uh, second edition where i'm uh, a member of the adeptus Arbites, who's more uh personable a lot more personable but still a little bit grumpy so yeah, uh, I don't oh always play run. grumpy people. It just happens to be in both Warhammer-based things. <laughs> a little bit grumpy.
0: Maybe Warhammer brings it out on you.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm running Mothership,
2: which is a sort of like sci-fi, horror-tinged, uh, old, sort of d and ish clone kind of thing. Quite good. Uh, sort of like old-school D&D clone. And I'm playing. I'm actually playing Blades in the Dark for the first time. I've run an awful lot of Blades in the Dark. Oh, I'm actually playing oh, Blades nice. in the Dark at the moment, which is really good fun. It's really nice to actually get to play the thing because that uh, one has moments like in Ocean's Eleven, yes. right? Where it's like, oh, flash back to before, and guess what I did to prep, right? Yeah, it very much encourages you rather than like so. Like uh, in something in trad- like in a traditional high star RPG, like something like Shadowrun. Yeah. Just like the sort of big, sort of like heist RPG yep. where you're like infiltrating corporations in the future. There's a lot of emphasis on like the planning and like making sure you've done things and like all that kind of stuff. With blades, it's like right. So you're on the roof of the building that you decide to <laughs> infiltrate. What happens next? That's the opening scene, and you flash oh. back to the cool stuff you did earlier. You try to you try to sort of skip ahead past the planning. Yeah. And like do the sort of planning in retrospect. Allah, yeah, like like you say, Ocean's Eleven is is definitely the touchstone for that.
1: I think. I, I mean, I know you're playing it for the first time, Ian. You've run it a lot. I think the flashbacks for a player, it's a little bit strange at first. Yeah, because you know we're usually like it's it's usually quite linear. Uh, but like, no, actually, we can just go. Yeah, but this guy, we actually bribed him a week ago.
2: And if you're my character, which is a my class is called a spider, they're basically oh, of course masterminds. You are. Of course you're a spider. <laughs> See the spider's core ability is this thing where twice per session you can say, I thought of that and basically spend a token to say to help out a friend because you absolutely thought this situation would arise because of course you did, because you're a genius.
1: <laughs> yeah. And you brought along just the right thing. One important story for that, which was the first game we played of Blades in the Dark. It was the group... Ian was running it for for the three of us. It was me, uh, another Ian, who used to be another host on the podcast, and our friend Simon. And Simon was playing a spider. We're infiltrating an embassy. We're running away. And Simon goes, I'll use that, and pulls out what, in essence, was a sea mine and sets it off. (laughs) I just brought an explosive along just for
2: this occasion. (laughs) Of course. Been carrying it around the whole time. Exactly. It was just in the boat they used to infiltrate the place. It's fine. A
1: little little story very quickly, just on the subject of role-playing games, which was uh, nine years ago, yeah, this year, uh, I had to go into hospital to get my appendix out. So I went in on the Friday, Thursday night, Friday morning, and came out on the Sunday afternoon. And my mom came to pick me up. It was very nice, and she went, "Right, Jamie, we're going home. Need to look after yourself." And I went, "Mom, that's very kind, but you don't understand. It's Sunday, and Sunday is D and D day." And my mom went, "You're not, you're not going in, and you're not going into town and playing D D with your friends. You've just come out of hospital." And I went, "Please, mom." And she <laughs> dropped me in town, and I didn't come back till like one in the morning. Oh my goodness! <laughs> <laughs> Worth it. Oh yeah, okay. yeah. That the 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 GM in that that particular one pulled the rug out from me and one other player because we were the only two people that hadn't been told that this game, that ostensibly was Forgotten Realms AD and D Second Edition, was actually Spelljammer in space, and we ended up on the moon. And me and this other guy just went,
3: "What? <laughs> what?"
1: <laughs> so I'm so glad I didn't miss it.
0: Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, well worth it. Then, oh, what's yeah. uh before we do ridiculous theme? What's a theme, an IP you want of uh of a TTRPG?
2: Ooh, Ooh. ask a good question. That is that is
0: great. Uh, yeah, and I
1: obviously I'll edit out all the thinking time. Actually, <laughs> is that like you knew right off the top of your head? <laughs> right. The okay. Po- here's the power one. of editing. Now I don't know if this has been. Now I don't know if it's a particular IP, but like. In, in a theme, like, okay. Yeah, that's no, this fair. Is probably, this is probably... It. Okay. There is there is a setting, I think, would be quite interesting. And I don't know if it's been done already. It probably has, but anyway. Um, There's a film that came out about 10, 15 years ago. I think in the UK, it was called The Boat That Rocked. And I think in North America, I think it was called Pirate Radio. Oh, okay. And basically, it's a bunch of mid-60s, and it's a bunch of uh, people in off on a boat off the coast of the uk broadcasting rock and roll music like all day and all the night uh because there were strict rules on it from like the bbc and and british government and uh. but i think the idea of playing a group of pirate djs would be quite interesting i don't know how much you get out of it i think it'd be kind of cool
0: i could totally see that you know certain songs might <coughs> rock the boat a little more or bring you exactly.
1: too much attention towards you or exactly. and you've got you've got the people living you know you've got all these djs and you know people doing the news and the weather and they're all living in, in a boat in i mean if it's either in you know the Atlantic ocean or it's in the north sea both of which are appallingly wet and wild and vile and how is that with the interpersonal thing and then you've got the government trying to get you and then if it's the 60s you've got so much going on in terms of music and politics and
2: yeah i like it well well well, yeah one one of my favorite shows is parks and recreation Uh. absolutely adore parks and recreation so i think like a cool little indie rpg about like basically managing the parks and recreation department of a small town somewhere (laughs) wherever, wherever it's america or wherever it is i don't really mind but sorry you know like government interference and like locals being nasty to you and that kind of thing i think that could be kind of interesting for one or two shot yeah, I could see yeah. that too. Yeah. Yeah. My Characters
0: on that so could be like the different, yeah, just different people in the office, right? Like, yeah, absolutely. Manager, accountants type <laughs> yeah. thing. And yeah. I dig it. I dig it. Both great ideas. Well, now just straight off of that ridiculous theme. So in ridiculous theme, we come up with
1: a ridiculous theme for a board game. Right. Coming up with okay, that, that answers <laughs> my next question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I did ask you, I was like, "Is it real?" Like, because I would consider not ridiculous, but it's a slightly unusual one. In that, Ex Libris is a game I, I really enjoy, but the, uh, the 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 theme, the setting of you are not buying books, not making books, you are sorting books.
0: Yeah, it's like
1: <laughs> that's great. Why? but then you play it and i i mean i i have some issues with the game mainly due to some of the text size but i think it's a really good game yeah g
2: decimal system the board game
1: (laughs) yeah so my i I thought about this my ridiculous theme would be something very simple making a bed oh there
0: we go yeah mundane tasks that's a good one mundane tasks something very
1: very simple yeah or even or even cleaning the house yeah i mean i'm I mean, it's it's a. I think I've said it a couple of times, but it's almost any game I think could work as a worker placement game of some variety. It wouldn't be good, but almost <laughs> any any theme could work as a as a worker placement. <laughs> Making a bed could dexterity uh, party game. I mean, dexterity and party games very similar. Uh, yeah. Oh, you could have that thing with that. What was that game we played
2: at the 2019 Expo, Jamie? Where like one person's blindfolded. You're building like block thing, polyomino. Oh, I I didn't I didn't play that. You played it. You no, I played it with Josh uh,
1: and and ben, ben. I think ben? From yes. Unlike you played it with me. Like yes, it was. And, like, like, one, one person's
2: got the instructions for what you need to build. One person's telling you the instructions. One person's yep. blindfolded, actually building the thing. I, yeah, so basically, just, Eric basically Lee it's like
1: about that one too. Yeah, yeah. It's so basically, really it's cool. keep talking and nobody explodes, but not a video game, and it's not a bomb. I'm thinking you yeah. could do that with the bed
2: theme as well. Like one person's yeah. blindfolded trying to make the bed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hey, you could just do that right now.
3: <laughs> yeah,
2: <laughs> awesome. Uh, that's good. Yeah. Do you have one? Mm, I was, I, I was actually thinking like back to Jamie's uh, climbing, like like at the K two, and what we we're talking about earlier, bouldering. I, th- I think bouldering would actually making it for an interesting board game okay. card game. I'm not sure what exactly. I can't can't quite think of what mechanics would be, but there's like we said there's there's such a puzzle element to bouldering i think you could definitely make a some sort of game out of that for sure like different levels of puzzle like those little sort of like plastic puzzles you get from think fun and people like that but with a sort of bouldering kind of theme to it. maybe cooperative don't know something something of that ilk i'd really like to see a sort of proper bouldering board game
0: i can already somewhat visualize something of like while you're climbing you know you would you would lay down a card and that's what you're climbing there. You've got like certain techniques that can take you there, but then like the edge of the card, you have options. So then it could be like, well, am I going to take a yellow card, which is like iffy, a red card and go really hard, a green card and play it safe, yeah. you know? And and then you'll draw from that perspective deck to reveal what what technique you have to do next. So uh,
1: For sure. Isn't a perfect capture of the bouldering experience. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you know... Uh, what board game is a perfect encapsulation of the insert thing here experience? Trill. I love photo- I love photosynthesis. I'm not going to sit there going, "Come on, son, go around. Come on, trees grow, but not that tree because you're not my tree." <laughs> 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 yeah. yeah, photosynthesis is great. The best yeah. game about mean trees. Yeah, uh, Bosk was all right. Yeah, I haven't played that one. It, it's ver- very similar, except it's less of a. Less of an abstract strategy, more of, I guess, like an area, area control, control? style yeah. game. Yeah. Okay. So, like, goes through like Flood four seasons.
2: Games, I think it was
1: floodgate. Yeah, was I've there. got it somewhere. It's not on my shelf because I was looking at it for something else. But it's like in the spring you plant trees. In the summer, the trees score, and then in the autumn you. No, in the sorry, in the spring the trees are planted and they grow. In the summer, trails. Like I think you do some kind of trails through the the, the park, I suppose, and it gets points. Then in the autumn, you trees drop leaves, and that's the area control element coming in. And then in the winter, uh-huh. the points are scored. I think for who has like most of what kind of area. Yeah, something like that. That does in sound wild. interesting. Yeah, it's it's yeah. it's kind of it's kind of interesting, kind of weird. It's yeah a bit a bit more than photosynthesis, but again, it's trees and they look absolutely gorgeous. And I think it was Quanchae Moria... Who did it? Uh, did the art, and I really love his art. I think it's gorgeous. It nice. is nice
0: looking. I have to go check it out. That mm-hmm. brings me to my. That gave me my idea for my ridiculous theme. Is God, oh no, what's his name now? Smokey the Bear. Oh. Where, oh hi. <laughs> doing- <laughs> There's forest fires, but you have to like you're not trying to stop the forest fires. You're trying to get other people to stop them. Oh yeah. So almost worker placement, but like
1: you have to motivate and influence the people to do what you need them cool. to do. There's, there's like an audience appeal kind of like like a dial or something like that. Yeah. And you get to a certain point and people go out. Yeah. Like it? No, I so, yeah. There we go. It's it's bad. Whenever I hear Smokey the Bear, now I you know only you can prevent forest fires. But I'm always flashing back to that Simpsons episode of "Only Who Can Prevent Forest Fires," and it's you pressed you, meaning me, or me meaning you. <laughs> Wrong. The correct answer is you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is a good one. But Smokey the Bear, that's awesome.
0: Yeah, yeah. Or I mean, going along those same lines, you could go to like Gruff McGruff the Crime Dog. Is that his his name? yeah, yeah, whatever it is. Yeah. I, I can't believe you. I mentioned those, you know, not thinking about how American those are, but I guess reached over. I'm sort of
1: peripherally aware of both of us. I think, I think there's (laughs) been, there's been such a great deal of uh, American culture that has come over um, since, you know, let's say the fifties because American TV, American films, obviously. And, it's still, I think, one-sided, but I think there is a lot of British culture that has has fed back. So yeah. there's something of a something of a I don't know about a feedback loop, but I but mean, yeah. you come here and you ask about music, and people will say, you know, the Beatles are the
0: biggest yeah. thing, you know. Uh, but yeah, I, I get that things bleed over yeah. both ways yeah, completely. We just started watching Doctor Who. <laughs> what are you thinking? I, I'm really liking it. We started with the like Chris
1: Eccleston, sure. You know and on I I don't I I know people aren't a bit I love Christopher Eccleston as a doctor Me too I was surprised because you know I
0: was just like I just want to see the David uh, You know And why did I just face his name Tennant. David Tennant. Tennant, thank you. Yeah, right. like that was all I wanted to see was the David Tennant. But I was like, oh, I,
3: we I, I think I stuff might stuff just leave it there.
2: Just the David. The, the David. David. <laughs> I just want to see the David. I just yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: Everyone
0: knows who I'm talking about. Yeah, exactly. yeah absolutely.
1: <laughs> I mean, I think I think there's a lot of earlier ones because I've got one of my best friends is a huge Doctor Who fan. A lot of the earlier uh-huh. Doctor Who, and there are some of them that are really brilliant stories. A lot of them are quite on the nose because you know that's science fiction um and a lot of them are like some of the special effects are hilariously naff and kind of there's there's one that i just always remember which is the pyramids of mars which is a tom baker one and there's this this there's this evil um like egyptian kind of god thing sitting down and then he stands up but just in short, you can just see a little hand just holding onto the cushion that the, the character was sitting on. Because it was quite clear that when he stood up, it would go with him and then just fall off. So oh, just man. a hand sitting there going, Well, just make sure it stays where it is. <laughs> <laughs> and also, just one scene, which was unscripted, where the two, the doctor and his assistant, Sarah Jane, walk in, see like this robot in the foreground, and just immediately turn around and walk out again. The oh, story goes man. it was meant to be like a whole scene, but they just went nope yep. <laughs> it is, it's great oh uh, that's lovely
0: yeah yeah but that's like rich uk tv
1: right there you know For that's sure a worldwide phenomenon mm-hmm yeah so. uh, well, well doctor who was originally started as a educational show
3: oh
0: like I with, a, with a, a slightly more that. children bent. yeah
1: like again this is like early 60s and yeah because it, it was going to different times so learning a bit about them and then and then it became Doctor Who. Yeah, what do we have? What do we have? I mean, Armando Iannucci. I guess we can kind of clip. Well, he is Scottish. That he did Veep. He did uh, the British ah. ones. The he did Avenue Five as well. Yeah. I haven't watched Veep. I enjoyed the first series of Avenue Five. Um, yeah, yeah in, Brit- in in Britain, he did The Thick of It and the film In the Loop, which was uh, British and American. They are it is they're great. as as pieces of like political comedy. They're amazing. Nice. Yeah. And there was this weird thing in the last series where they, the actors came up with silly things. The writers came up with silly things for these politicians to do. And what happened at the time the shows were coming out, politicians started mirroring exactly what was going on. And someone spoke to Armando Iannucci and went, do you have like a mole in the, in the government, you know, feeding (laughs) you these things? He went, no, it's better than that. We make it up. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> he also did a, sh- uh, one re- a film recently called The Death of Stalin which is
2: just superb. Oh, it's brilliant it. it's, it's,
1: it. it's, it's, it's a black comedy set in I emphasis early, on black. Th- uh, yeah, early 50s Soviet Union and it is Stalin dies and everyone underneath him is struggling for position and power Oh, it's, it's very funny but it has that Terry Gilliam-esque very black very black humour Deals with a lot of murder yeah. and but yeah, but what do we have? I mean, we've got. I don't know. If, I don't know how wide it goes, but things like Chewing the Fat and Still Game, which are like Scottish, like from the same two sets of guys. do those get over to America? I don't I, know. I don't recognize the names. Chewing Chew the Fat was like a sketch show, and Still Game was like a sitcom spun out of one of the sketches in that. Oh yeah. Um but again, it was like late 80s. No, sorry, late 90s, early 2000s. So, kind of, yeah, I, I can't, There's I can't think. There's probably like a like, Scottish specific streaming
2: service you can get in America, right? Like there is over here for like American TV shows. <laughs> yeah. I
1: was, I was going to try and think. I guess Max or something. I, don't I was going to say, who knew? No, uh, uh, I know, love but, it. But, yeah. Well, this has been a lot of fun.
0: Yeah. we'll wrap up here. Oh, sure. Oh, I've just seen how long we've been going. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, you're good. I love it. I love going on tangents. Uh, so why don't you each plug your? Well, I mean, yeah, plug your own individual things and the the podcast and the site and all that.
2: Sure. Uh, so you can find all our written work at giantbrain.co.uk. Uh, the podcast is on there as well. The podcast called Brainwaves, and you can get that pretty much anywhere you get your podcast, or on Apple and all that kind of jazz uh i am at the giant brain on twitter jamie is
1: i think i'm at jamie w adams there may be some underscores in there somewhere yeah
2: um, <laughs> jamie <laughs> underscore w underscore adams i believe you quite are. possibly, I'll quite put a possibly. Link in the
0: description the yeah. description
2: and uh, yeah yeah we'll uh, we'll send you a discord uh, invite link as well we've got a discord where we chat about the news and to sort of arrange the cast and uh that's where we have our live shows and that kind of thing as well
1: and every tuesday evening uh after the podcast comes out on the monday we do a games night and that's usually playing a game via tabletop simulator or board game arena it's usually those two um so yeah
2: it's usually oh my, uh, yeah
1: everyone's welcome yeah i mean i understand time differences might be a little bit difficult for some <laughs> people, but do you know what if you can make it more than happy to have you yeah.
2: And uh, yeah, we encourage people to come along, arrange their own games, async stuff, that kind of thing. Absolutely. That's, a, that's one of the one really nice things about Board Game Arena is like nice. async ability. It's really good. Play people from all over the world. It's great.
0: Yeah, I love it. Love playing a game scattered throughout weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Forgetting my strategy. It's great. Oh, yeah. It's wonderful. <laughs> Absolutely.
2: <laughs> um,
0: awesome. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Ian and Jamie, for coming on. I am so excited to have a new podcast to binge. And there are 99 episodes at this time. We didn't talk about it, and I totally meant to talk about it with them. But they are recording their 100th episode this week. And wow, what a milestone. Congratulations. So you can go and you can start listening. You know, you can listen like me, backwards, from the present to the start, you know, or you can go all the way to the start and start listening forward. I am really excited about that. that. I mean, 100 episodes. Wow. That is just incredible. You can find them wherever you podcast. There'll be a link to their website in the episode description, and that can help you find their podcast and read other things that they've done. If you're enjoying the show, you can write a review and that helps the podcast get seen. I My most recent review I just saw today, it says, One Star, I just can't support an outspoken leftist. Either he's inexcusably still living under a rock, or he's fully informed and aware and is just a bad person. Good luck, brother. Here's to you waking up soon. So, you know, not all reviews are good. I will wear that one star review like a badge of honor But if you want to help the podcast out, you can go and rate it, give it the five stars or lower if you feel like it deserves it. That's fine. That's fair. I also have another podcast called Friend and Foe Adventure Co. It is an actual play podcast where we play Borderlands, Bunkers and Badasses. It's a lot of fun. It's funny. We just it's like over the top, violent and humorous and very Borderlands-y. Though it is much more explicit, so if that ain't your cup of tea, don't worry about it. It is summer my wife is off work. I am really excited to have her home. And so I will be spending significantly less time editing. I probably spent 20 minutes editing this episode, but I'll probably spend even less time on the episodes coming up. I.e., you might be able to hear a plane flying overhead right now. And normally I would retake it and do it, but I'm just going to run with it. So I'm sorry if the lack of Editing quality drops and it bugs you. I hope you'll stick through it, though, and be understanding that you know it'll give me more time to spend with my wife and probably more time gaming and, and stuff. Who knows? Maybe this will be a permanent change. I hope that it isn't too big of a drop in quality. If you want to interact with me on Twitter, you can. I am at RiledNerd. I love interacting with people in the board game community. I'm on BGA, the same name. If you want to play a game, hit me up there. I love playing games. Last episode, I forgot to thank David Rodriguez from All Games New and Old. He had thrown out Maurice as a guest, and it was so fun talking to Maurice. He told me, Maurice is awesome. You just, you got to have him on as a guest. He had spent some time talking to Maurice about you know, content creation and helping him out a little bit. And Maurice afterwards actually had mentioned, Oh, I'm so sorry. I forgot to mention David. I can't believe I forgot to mention David. He was one of those content creators that gave me time. And, and yeah, so just wanted to throw that out, correct that situation for both of us. And that my friends is it until next week. Keep nerding out.
1: It is like, like cause, uh, said you weren't too sure if it was uh one together or one by yourself. So I've actually come up with two that Ian may okay, the one that may be a together one, Ian may back me up on this. He may completely disagree. So I'll (laughs) go with that I'll go with that second. The first one was uh when I was at university, I was only there for two years, but at the end of every uh, semester, we'd have like a feedback day. And there was like 20, 30 of us in the class, because it was an acting course, there's not a lot of people. So we'd basically sit uh, out in like the main kind of area with like tables and chairs and sit for a couple of hours and do nothing. So I brought in a couple of board games on the first day. We had had four throughout the two years. We had four of these days. So I brought in a couple of games and one of them was Survive Escape from Atlantis. And I just went, right, you know, we're going to be bored. Let's play this game. I was every time after the first one, I had people going, so are you bringing that, uh, that shark game back? Uh, So I brought it back three times. Every single time we had people just, we had, it was just our class and we were just the joy in people's voices. I mean, people were also doing exams like down the road. So they were just glaring daggers at all these drama students, just (laughs) shouting, how dare you sink my boat? And I, it was, it was just a really, really great, uh, really great feeling. And, I'm very glad to be able to share it for people. And a couple of years later, I was talking to someone that I went to uni with and they went, do you still have the shark game? And I went, of course I have the shark game. (laughs) I love it. So that's my personal one. The one I, I, Ian may, may not uh, disagree with was basically the first time I was like aware of Ian and kind of like proper contact was uh, playing Captain Sonar at eight players at this board game cafe one evening where they locked up early. They had like my partner, uh, some of our friends, Ian, you think you brought along your copy? Cause I'd got a copy yeah. as well. And we played it and it was like, I don't know I'm how suggest- many games we played, but it was just so manic and so much fun. Just yeah. hearing, hearing everyone just shouting, going, ah, hold on a second, hold on. And then the silence where someone goes, stop, Firing a torpedo in this silence of going, have we? Yeah, it's a hit. I'm like, yes! <laughs> so good. So, th- th- those uh, are my, that's that's my my singular, and if it's allowed, my dual one with Ian, if you agree with that, Ian.
2: Yeah, I mean, the, the only, the, the one that first came to mind, I'm only going to do one, but it is actually with Jamie, was uh, back in, I think it was 2019. It was just, just a year before everything went horribly wrong. Uh, uh, we often meet up, uh, the sort of Giant brain team, to play games and review copies, that kind of thing. And we met up at the Lucky Sparrow when yes. it was still in existence. Yes, the gaming cafe
1: on the south side of Glasgow. Sadly, yeah, no longer here, but they, were, no they were they were solid folks.
2: Yeah, and we just we just spent a day playing games, getting food, that kind of thing. It was just lovely. And i uh, just kind of looking forward to getting back to that kind of thing a little bit more regularly now that things are... In, in air quotes, getting back to normal, sort of. <laughs> <tough>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kind of. <laughs> yeah. Looking forward to more meetups, more conventions, and just get, yeah. getting back to the table, getting back to the tables. Actual tables, not virtual ones.